Thanks for joining me. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, this episode, I want to talk about the Antonio Brown drama timeline, and uh, he's signed with the Patriots, and we'll get into that. Uh, California allowing a bill to allow college athletes to profit in college. And then I want to talk about Tim Tebow's comments based on, on that bill and kind of go over week one, NFL scores and college football as well, and then uh, preview week two as well. Um, so we'll get into that. Thanks for listening. Okay, so I want to get started with the Antonio Brown situation. This whole idea of him of him going to the Raiders and getting his guaranteed money has just blown up in his face and the Raiders' face. Uh, so I want to start from the beginning of how we got here. Uh, so he's with the with the Steelers and has all that drama there. He refuses to play Week 17 against the Bengals. I think I believe they needed to win that game, and then they needed they needed somebody else, another team to lose for them to make the playoffs. It was there was a lot going on. Anyway, he decides not to play Week 17. Um, he said he said he was injured, but he actually wasn't injured, and then decided not to play, and then did all kinds of stuff. So then he ended up demanding a trade because he wanted a new contract and was was wanting guaranteed money and anyway uh so the raiders traded for him they traded a third and fifth round picks and he signed a three-year extension worth about uh 30 million guaranteed it was more it was 29 million guaranteed and uh so the start of training camp happens and he goes to a cryogenic therapy chamber where the temperatures go minus 200 fahrenheit degrees uh and you're supposed to wear certain shoes for that and he didn't have those shoes so he had he had frostbite on his feet and he you know during hard knocks on hbo they were showing his his disgusting blistered feet and so that was a whole thing he couldn't practice and that was going on and then he had an issue with his helmet this 10 year old helmet that he used to wear in pittsburgh which made him successful apparently he was obsessed with this helmet I want someone to love me like AB loves his helmet because he was he was fighting to the death with this with this helmet. He filed I think two separate grievances with the NFL about this helmet so that he could use this helmet that hasn't been passed and it's just old. They have newer ones that are going to be safer so his head doesn't get any more damaged, but he's all about this helmet. Um, so he was trying to find new ones. He, they I think his uh Drew Rosenhaus his agent uh, posted on Twitter to find a new helmet for him. So people were emailing them and, and tweeting them about their, their their helmets that they have at home, that same model, and then they were sending them to the Raiders facility so that they repaint them and then you know make it look like a Raiders helmet. And so it gets passed by the NFL. So he's just trying to get by and just sneak an old helmet in there. Uh, and it ended up not working. So he couldn't, he couldn't wear that helmet that he wanted to. And so he... he he teamed up with this other company who has, they make their own helmets and he was actually going to profit off this whole helmet situation. They're like, Hey, you can, you can wear this helmet and we'll pay you a certain amount of money. And he's like, Oh, I love this helmet. You know, I'm all about this helmet now because it pays me. So, uh, then he's missing practices and then the Raiders decide to fine him $54,000 and in a letter, a well-written letter by their GM, Mike Mayock. And he posted on, on Instagram and then there's this whole issue about it and then at practice the next day at practice him and the GM Mike Mayock get into it he says 
apparently he's apparently he called him a cracker and he threatened to punch him in the face and they were talking about his his posts on instagram and how across the line and all this stuff and then let's see uh he publicly apologized and was like, I'm excited to be a part of Raiders, and I'm ready to to join my team and everything. And it seemed like it seemed like it was it was going away. And then the next day, he posts a video on YouTube, and it's it's just this it it was like one of the best videos I've ever seen though. The production value of that video was impeccable. It was great. It should it should be nominated for something because it was amazing. Uh, he it's like a recorded it's a private conversation between him and head coach. John Gruden, it's a, and it's just there on a video, and he's talking about how he wants to play football. But then at the end, there's like a key little line there when he's saying, he says that I just want to be free. He's like, I want to play football, but I just want to be free. So, and what I took was that from that he wants he wants to be on another team, right? And so we didn't really get into that that much, and no one really talked about it. And then the next day after that. He had, well, when he had that whole thing with uh, with Mike Mayock, uh, Mike Mayock's clearly not in charge because he was ready to just cut him, and John Gruden was not ready to cut him, so they kept him, and then you know they played nice. He apologized, and they're like, okay, that's fine. He apologized to the to the team. And apparently, it was emotional, and then you know some team captains they stood up and they're like, hey, we support Antonio Brown. We're ready to get. We're ready to put this behind us and you know start the season and everything, and so they're good. They're they're squared away. They're all good, and then all of a sudden, he he's posting on on Instagram again and he asks he has to be to be traded because the Raiders decided to void the twenty nine million dollar uh, guarantees in his contract, which you know they could do because he missed a certain amount of practices. And he wasn't there all the time. And when that happens, you can you can know the guarantees. That's that's what the language says in his contract. So he was just gonna play for free, basically, and on incentives-based uh, deals in his contract. Um, so then he posted back on Instagram and said, uh, "Yeah, I want to be cut." So then the Raiders cut him, and he's excited about it. So then. Hours after that, though, he signs with the New England Patriots, which is the most Patriots move ever. It's, you know, it's, it's I don't think it's like it's I guess it's like the Randy Moss signing in the sense that, you know, they're the game's best receivers and, you know, they're in a troubled in a troubled situation. And then they get back and they're they're with the Patriots. And then they do really well. And I guess Randy Moss was with the Raiders, too, at the time. Uh, but apparently the, the Patriots tried to trade for him. From the Steelers last year when he demanded that trade originally, uh, but they didn't want to trade him to to their rival. You know, naturally that makes sense. Uh, he ended up getting traded to Oakland, but then now he's with the Patriots anyway. Uh, so the Steelers are, are the biggest losers in this situation because also in their first game, it's Sunday night, they played against the Patriots and they lost. Well, I turned it off like at, what was it, 27 to 3 or something, but they ended up losing like 33 to 3. Their offense looked horrible. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't look like a number one receiver. Ben Roethlisberger looked done. I know it's just one game, but you know they just still looked awful. And it looks like they're they're not going to be able to. You can't replace Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. They're the you know two best players in their position. So you know they're going to struggle. Uh, anyway, so he's 
So he signs with the Patriots, which is just a, a Patriots move. I thought he would go with the Patriots or or the Saints. I would lo- I would have loved to see him opposite of Michael Thomas in that offense. That would have been great. Or you know just even Green Bay. You know any anything like that with a with a great quarterback. Um, and so you know he's on track to play. They're like, oh, we're pra- he's practicing. He's going to play against uh, Miami on Sunday. But then he's he's acute there's a lawsuit filed in federal court in Miami where he resides of sexual assault uh his former trainer they were working they worked together in 2016 2017 uh she said she accuses him of rape and sexual assault uh and obviously he denied the allegations uh so that's that's an ongoing situation and it was like immediately after after he signed with with the Patriots and it was announced and everything and well but about this lawsuit though it's it's a civil lawsuit so it's more of just a financial lawsuit as opposed to a criminal lawsuit so even if he was like hey if he if he pled guilty to it even he wouldn't face any jail time it would just be for that amount of money which is the minimum amount for it to be heard is $75,000 so before we say hey she's just looking for money it's you have to put down that seventy-five thousand dollars to get to get it heard in court, and so that's the amount that that she requested. Um, so that that's all happening, and I mean the details of that that situation are 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 pretty hard to read. So if you want to read that, you can look up. You can look it up. It, excuse me. You can look it up and and read it and get it more into it. But I don't really want to. Um, it's pretty disturbing. But you know even. If he did do it, it would have to be read. It would have to be heard as a as a criminal lawsuit after the civil lawsuit, and you know that might happen. You know, if they interview him, or if they interview her, the accuser, uh, in the NFL, they're going to talk to talk to her this week, I believe, and she's also getting married here soon. So this whole situation with Antonio Brown is just. It's just blown up in everybody's face. He's just off the rails. He's lost. He lost all that money, twenty nine million dollars guaranteed. You know, just because he, he's. I don't think he wanted to go to Oakland at all. It was just Oakland was the only team that offered him guaranteed money. So he's like, all right, let's go. And no one else wanted to to offer him that. He's he's thirty one years old and he's just a problem. You're probably not going to win a Super Bowl with him unless you're the you're the Patriots. But that's because. You already won a Super Bowl, and you're already on your way to possibly win a Super Bowl, depending if you beat the Chiefs or not. And you, and if you do win, it's not because of him. But if you lost, it would be because of him, because he would just ruin that locker room. He would do something and just explode on the team. And I, I saw a lot of people talking about, see, oh, this guy's so brain damaged, he has CTE and all this, and which you know he probably does. But you know, unfortunately, you can't test him until until he's dead and you can't test someone's brain while they're alive. But I mean, this is just vintage, you know, diva wide receiver mentality where all the receiver, it's all about them. And, you know, they have to make everything a show, you know, like T.O. was doing, he was doing sit-ups in the in his driveway when he wanted to leave the Eagles and the Eagles were a good team that year. And then you have Randy Moss. He always did something. And Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco, whatever you want to call him, he always had his situations. But this is like probably the worst diva wide receiver moments that we have seen because it's costing him money. 
and he single-handedly ruined two teams. He ruined the Pittsburgh Steelers. He probably ruined uh, the Oakland Raiders, even though they looked really good Monday night against the Broncos. They they looked really good, and and, and Tyrell Williams he filled that void pretty well. Um, and yeah, they just dominated. They looked really good. Derek Carr wasn't touched at all. So we'll see. Maybe this will bring the Raiders together. Maybe they'll win, they'll win more games than expected. Maybe they'll win like six games, but I doubt it. Um, but, I mean, that trade in, in the beginning even didn't make sense for me because, you know, they they didn't want to pay Khalil Mack. They traded Amari Cooper. But then out of nowhere, they're like, hey, we'll trade for Antonio Brown, who's older than those two, and we'll pay him. But we're not going to pay Khalil Mack, the second-best defensive player in the NFL, so that didn't really make sense. I think it was just John Gruden really liked him and was obsessed with him offensively. And they had to get Derek Carr some weapons offensively because uh, he was struggling. I mean, even when he had Crabtree and Cooper and Marshawn Lynch, he still didn't look good. But, you know, we'll see as he evolves in that offense if he's able to produce some more. But now they have this big void at wide receiver. So, um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But. Yeah, Antonio Brown just ruined two teams. He might ruin the Steelers, or not the Steelers, the Patriots, depending on on this uh, on these allegations. And I mean, I think I think the Patriots should be investigated though for this signing because it was like right after he apologized, and then a, he just flipped a switch, and then demanded he got released. It's like. His agent had already spoke. Someone reached out to his agent. They're like, "Hey, if you can get if you can get out of Oakland, we'll we'll be happy to to sign you, and we'll we'll give you guaranteed money. We'll give you a signing bonus, which is I think the, his guarantees put him around nine million dollars. And they added an option, a fully guaranteed option for next year, which is under it's twenty million dollars. So I feel it. It sounds like they had a prior conversation." And then he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go crazy here for a little bit on Instagram. And they'll cut me. And I'll just, you know, I'll, and then I'll sign with you guys and we'll be all good. So he sought out some advice from some social media experts just to try to try to see how he can get fired on his day off on Instagram. And it worked. It worked. So now he's with the Patriots who say, who say they didn't know about the allegations or anything, but Antonio Brown's camp knew about it so i don't know if they're you know they're obviously they're not going to tell him but that they asked drew rosenhaus hey is something going to come out if we sign antonio brown and he's like no nothing's going to come out knowing full well something was going to come out that there was going to be a lawsuit here uh so we'll see he i think he's he's still going to play on sunday because uh roger goodell he's not putting him on the commissioner's exempt list so he's still going to play. And I think it's the fact that it's civil and not criminal. Because if it's criminal, then it'd be a whole other a whole other issue, even if he did do it. But, you know, optics-wise, I don't. I mean, the Patriots probably shouldn't play him. Play him for a while until that kind of gets resolved. But most of, most of the time, these civil law, uh, lawsuits, take, they can take years to get resolved. So you got to interview different people and then... You know how court dates get pushed back, and it's just a it's just a long, it's just a long situation, and it takes sometimes it takes forever for for them to settle. But he's not going to want to pay them seventy five thousand because that that might be an admission of guilt or not guilt if he doesn't pay. So that'll be interesting to see 
how that works out or how long that works out, I guess. Uh, so let's see. So next I wanted to talk about uh, the state of California. They, they passed a bill allowing college athletes to profit in college. So I've been on the record of, of saying, you know, that I, I think all student athletes should get paid, but it should be, it should be more of, you know, let's say you're at a university and you're on the football team, but if your football team is terrible and you're not selling any tickets, you shouldn't get paid the same amount. If like the basketball team is, you know, they sell out every game and they go to championship and stuff, you shouldn't make the same amount of money. So it should be, you should get a cut of the revenue. If your team generates more revenue, you sell more jerseys, more people are buying box seats, stuff like that, then your percentage would be higher. So if you have a good season that one year, then you're going to make more money. So it, cause you know, it doesn't make sense to, to pay, you know, like lacrosse more money than basketball. But unless lacrosse is, if they go to the championship and a bunch of people are trying to go see the lacrosse team, then yeah, pay them more than, than the football team. If the football team is only winning two games, right? So you want to do it based off the attraction. If more people are going to a, a, a certain game or not. So I was always open to that. And now, California passed that. So now the universities in California, their student athletes can profit off their name and likeness. So they can sell autographed pictures or autographed helmets, stuff like that. And they can make money off of that. So that's great. Um, and then you'll remember that Ed O'Banion lawsuit with the NCAA uh, when he was at, at UCLA because his was he on the cover? I think he was on the cover of one of the NCAA basketball games. And he ended up winning that lawsuit. But all the players who were in those games, they only got around like less than $1,000. And now we don't have NCAA football or basketball games. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know who the real winner is, but I know the people who love those games were the losers. Uh, so, I mean, I think I think that's, that's a great bill to get passed. Uh, but... I think the other schools who are not in California, all those other universities are going to lose out. I think more recruits are going to want to go to Stanford, want to go to UC, USC, UCLA, and and Cal, and all these other schools are going to want to go there now because they're like, hey, I can make I can make some extra money here, you know, and I can also play football and get a or basketball, whatever, and you know have my scholarship. So that's like the best. That's the best situation. And did California do this to get back on the map? Did they do this to help USC come back out of the out of the graveyard that they've been in for a while? Because USC has been down for a while now, and I think this this should help them recruiting wise to get those athletes that they ha- they've been losing out on for a while now. Uh, and I and I saw that South Carolina is looking into that as well, and I think it should just they should just pass it all across the board because it it's just ridiculous. If you're a student athlete, you're the quarterback at a university, and you can't you can't make money off those jersey sales. Your name and your your number are on those jersey sales. They're selling stuff based on you. Your face is on that ticket. And it's not that it's selfish, it's that any other student, if someone's on the band team, they can go make money off of their talents and their likeness and their name. If they had an opportunity, they can do that. But if you're on the basketball team or the football team or whatever, you can't do that. It's against it's against the rules. It's against the NCAA rules. And it's ridiculous because any other student can do that. But then 
they don't give them enough money to, you know, even buy food or anything. They could only eat on campus a certain amount of times. Right. So, and Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow had something interesting to say about this. It was just really annoying. One of the most annoying Tim Tebow things that he's had, that he's said, and I like Tim Tebow, but sometimes he's just like, he's just, he tries too hard to, to fit this image that people should perceive that he is like, he's just like this perfect person that is like, it's wrong to pay student athletes because I was a student athlete. I, I was a national champion at Florida and I won the Heisman and I didn't. And this is what he said. He said something along the lines of this. Cause I didn't, I didn't have, I don't have his direct quotes in front of me, but he said that it's about the university and, and people care more about college than NFL because it's about the community and the fans and, and the the alums and the school and all this and if you're asking for money it's about me 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 which is total bullshit because tim tebow he came from he wasn't sleeping on the floor he wasn't homeless like some of these student athletes are and their way their ticket out is by playing for alabama or clemson or anybody like that that's their way out because they know if they go to these big schools that they're going to go to the nfl and then they're going to make and then they're going to be fine, right? But I mean, what's the percentage of people that play college sports? What's the percentage of them even going to the NFL and being successful? You're not guaranteed the next the next day. So, for him to say that, it's like what are you talking about? You weren't struggling financially like that. You came from a good family. You guys were fine, right? And then I mean, even him of all people should know that your your NFL career isn't guaranteed. He won a, the playoff game when he was with Denver against the Steelers, and it was a it was a great game. He looked good there, and he then he ended up with like the Jets and the Patriots, and he just kind of fizzled out. No one else gave him a chance after that. So I mean, his career wasn't as long as he would have liked to liked it to be, but that's like typical privilege right there, where he's saying that it's all about them, but it's it's not. It's like if someone needs money, they should be able to make money off their name and their likeness. Right. And, and that's what Des Bryant said. He's like, no, it's like how many, how many guys, how many of these athletes are actually going to make it professionally and have a long career 10 years plus and have all that money. And I have all that flexibility. It, I mean, it's like 2% or something crazy. So if, if you're there in college, you should be able to make as much money as you, as you can, or as you're allowed to, in that short period of time that you're there. Because if you get injured in college, you tear your ACL or something and you don't recover back, you're not getting drafted. You're not getting drafted in the first round. So you're not going to have that, that huge signing bonus. Right. And then if you get one drafted, you're, you sign on, you get, you know, 50, 70,000, whatever. Sometimes you get a hundred thousand, you know, but then you get cut. It's not guaranteed in the NFL, you know, in the NBA it's guaranteed. So that's probably a better way to, to do it in the NBA. The NBA does a little better because they have the G League now where they're making money. Then they make like 50, 60,000. And then they have the guaranteed contracts when once you make it to the league. But, I mean, in the NFL, though, it's not guaranteed and you get cut. You might not make as much. And it's not guaranteed that you'll have your, that you'll have your job there either. So, you know, let, let the student athletes get paid. You know, make more money if they're able to <laughs> and, and just pass it all aboard, pass like this bill in other States. Cause that's going to be huge for California recruiting wise, which means the PAC 12, hopefully they're back on top. 
Uh, so I want to get into some NFL uh, topic. Week one was one of the most exciting, one of the most exciting opening weeks of the season. And I don't know if it's because last couple of years I wasn't I wasn't watching it. I wasn't able to. But uh, I finally got Red Zone, and Red Zone is intense because every I have it on. I just leave it on Red Zone the channel, and it just I'm like into the the game that they're showing, and then five seconds later. They're just into another game. It's it's intense. It's just like a quick change. I just when I want to just sit back and fully digest the game. I want to hear the commentary. I want to hear all the stuff. So it's I don't know. It's kind of adjustment, but I like it. Anyway, um, let's see the Browns. The Browns did not look good. I know I had them winning the division. Uh, they ended up losing forty three thirteen to the Titans. The Titans look great. Marcus Mariota. I know I I kind of bagged on uh, Mariota. A couple weeks ago, but he actually looked good. He looked control of the offense, and you know they had they had a good offense going. Their defense looked great. Derrick Henry looked good too. Um, so we'll see in that division. We'll see how they how uh, they can fare in that division because uh, Nick Foles of the Jaguars he got injured early on, uh, so now the Jaguars have to start a rookie quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson and the Texans they lost to the uh, to the Saints on Monday night, which was a great game, uh, but. I mean, their offensive line didn't look, look really good. Uh, they traded for Larry Tunsil, uh from the Dolphins. Uh, but I think with time, their offensive line should be better. Uh, their running game should improve. Um, so we'll see. But the Titans look great. And the Browns, I just, I don't know. They, I, I, I still believe in the Browns. It's just one game. So it's kind of hard to to overreact for some of these scores. But some of these can be very telling to for how the season is going to play out for certain teams. Um, I, I don't think the Browns are going to, are going to continue this route. You know, this next Monday night, or this coming Monday night, they play against the, the Jets uh, in New York, and Sam Darnold is out with mono, which is just hilarious. Uh, but they should win that game. And this whole Odell Beckham Jr. drama with this watch, like, just let the fucking guy wear a watch. It's a fucking watch. Why do we have to critique every little fucking thing that he does? Who cares? It's just a watch. Let him wear it, all right? He was wearing this $350,000 watch that was advertising for them, and they gave him the watch, and he's like, hey, I'll get people to talk about it. So, I mean, he has some side, he has some side stuff going on. Who cares? You know, and he still, I mean, he had, what did he have, like seven receptions over 70 yards or something? Uh, you know, I mean, it's not his fault. Baker Mayfield wasn't getting the ball. So we'll see how, how it goes on Monday. I, I think they went big on Monday. And if you play fantasy football, pick up pick up Cleveland defense for Monday. That's what I did. We'll see if it pays off. The Ravens look great. They dropped 59 points on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to win one game, I think. One or two games. They probably would win two games. And then Minka Fit, uh, Fitzpatrick, he demanded a trade from the Dolphins. They just look they just look like they're a mess. They have uh, Fitzmagic playing a quarterback, and he's just – I mean, it wasn't his fault they were that – they were down by that much, but then they they threw in Josh Rosen, and he's just his career has just been it's probably been the worst start to a career that I've seen. He gets drafted by the Cardinals. He has a bad head coach who's more defensive minded, not offensive minded. They have no offensive line. The GM doesn't know what he's doing, and then he just gets thrown out there. And I mean, he was trying. You know, it was his first year, but they didn't even give him a chance. Then they fire. They fire the head coach, all his staff. Then they trade Rosen to Miami. And then they draft Kyler Murray, which I'll get into in a little bit. I'll get into Kyler Murray in a little bit. And then he goes to Miami. And then 
the Miami Dolphins sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then they now they say, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting, and Rosen's going to back him up. So Rosen's just, and then the fact that he's with the Dolphins too, they're going to tank, and then they're going to draft Tua Tagovailoa next year. And then guess what? Josh Rosen is just going to be a career backup. He's either going to get shipped out somewhere else or just back up Tua. And I just I just feel for the guy because I, I think he has some talent, but I haven't seen enough from him to to even like justify if he's he's worth it or not. He was he had that one year in Arizona, but they they had no weapons, you know, and no offensive line or anything. They had no creativity to their offense, so uh, that's a problem. But the Ravens look good. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked great, five touchdowns. He didn't even rush. He didn't. Even, he ran the ball what three times for six yards, and he just they just looked great. Uh, their offensive game plan looked good. There was a lot of spacing. The receivers were quick. Uh, but the, I mean, I don't want to overreact to this again because it was also the Dolphins and the Dol- and we know the Dolphins are going to be bad. So we'll see how they how the Ravens do this next week. Uh, but they looked great. And let's see here. Uh, the Chiefs look good. Uh, they, I mean, they did play the Jaguars and most of the game with the, with the second string rookie quarterback, but you know, the, the chiefs are going to be out there. They're going to be there in the conference championship game, uh, probably against the Patriots. Uh, Tyreek Hill broke his collarbone though. So he'll be out. I think he's gonna be out for, well, they, do they play some, I don't think they play some on IR, but he'll be out for about six weeks or so. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes still looks like Patrick Mahomes. He still looks great. He's still dominant. Uh, he's obviously the favorite for MVP. Uh, the Falcons, the Falcons and Vikings. That was a that was not a good game. The Falcons didn't score until late in the game, and Matt Ryan didn't even have. He would. He did not look sharp. He, he didn't have enough. He didn't have over three hundred yards until the fourth quarter. Uh, the Vikings were just dominating them. I think the Vikings could have a big year this year. I know I didn't. I didn't have him making the playoffs, but they could make a push for the playoffs. Dalvin Cook's finally fully healthy. He had a damage. He tore his ACL this past year, and then, or that his rookie year, and then this past year he had all kinds of uh, injuries, and he wasn't fully healthy, so he was in and out of the lineup. But now I think this year he's finally fully healthy, so he'll be he'll be pretty dominant, and he'll have a he'll have a great year. So we'll see how they go. Um, and the, I mean that that Thursday night opener was just. So boring. I was so excited to watch uh, the Bears and the Packers. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, he did not look good at all. I know it was the first game, and this is this is the, what the problem is going to be with you know you have preseason and the good teams aren't going to start their 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 starters right in preseason. They're not going to play them at all, so you're not going to see Trubisky or Aaron Rodgers or anybody like that playing. Or you sh- honestly, you shouldn't see them playing in the, in the preseason. So the first four weeks is going to act as as a little preseason, these teams aren't going to be as smooth on offense or defense. They're not going to be as good, right? So, but Mitchell Jabisky was missing so many passes. He was just overthrowing people left and right. He just didn't look good. And their offense just, it looked so predictable. And they just, there wasn't a lot of spacing. They weren't getting a lot of stuff there. Tariq Cohen is like just officially receiver now. He didn't have any touches out of the backfield. He just, he had like eight receptions. Uh, let's see. Aaron Rodgers was kind of in and out. He had his moments. He had one really good pass and was able to get him that touchdown. But they ended up winning like ten to three. Uh, that was it. But uh, the Packers finally have a good defense. 
Uh, so that that division, I said earlier, uh, a couple weeks ago, that that is one of the most. That's going to be one of the most interesting divisions. Yeah, the Packers with a good defense now, and Bears probably the best defense in the NFL. And the Vikings already had a good defense, and they have all those weapons on offense. And then even even those other teams, the Packers and the Bears have good offensive teams as well. And then uh, the Lions, the Lions could put up numbers. They had. Was it an 18 point lead they had on the Cardinals with with rookie uh, Kyler Murray? And then Kyler Murray, he just started this comeback against them, right? And he looked terrible. He looked terrible in the first half. But then he started making really good passes. He had this really nice throw to Larry Fitzgerald. He had really nice, good pocket presence. He was aware of situations and he was just quick. He had, he was looking sharp. And so. They were, you know, they were driving down the field. He had that, he had that nice uh, touchdown pass to David Johnson in the end zone, and then he had an, op- they had an opportunity to win. They ended up getting the tie, but it feels, it feels more like a, like a moral victory. And that's so cheesy to say, but if it, it feels like that can really propel them, you know, to win a few games and really build off of that, that not that win, but that tie, that performance, I should say, uh, for uh, Cliff Kingsbury and. Uh, and Kyler Murray. So I think that duo will definitely take a, a few years to really adjust and really grow together. Uh, and they should keep David Johnson, though. There shouldn't be any any trade or anything there because he's a, he's a good receiver out of the backfield, and he's just a, he's just good. And I, th- I think he'll have a, a better better season this year than he did last year because last year that you could just throw away last year. That offense was bad. That coach was bad. They just had no, no idea what they were doing, no game plan. So I think – with Kingsbury, he's going to have David Johnson more, more of a receiver as well. So he'll have more receptions and they'll run the ball a lot more. Just kind of help Kyler Murray out. So look out for that. I think the Cardinals will be better than expected. The NFC West, they all won. They were all one and zero, and and the Cardinals are 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 tied. I guess so they're o o and one. But um, yeah, so so they look good, and the Cowboys also looked good too. Uh, Dak Prescott was just airing it out. It's like he's trying to he's trying to get a new contract. Uh, Zeke Elliott looked like Zeke Elliott would uh, after holding out all preseason. The Giants just looked terrible. Outside of Saquon Barkley, you have nothing on the Giants. Uh, Sterling Shepard should be a lot better. He's just in and out of lineup. He's he's just made of glass. He's always injured or something. Uh, he's going to be out uh, this next week uh, because of a concussion. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I guess Evan Ingram too. Evan Ingram's he's he's a good uh, tight end there. So you have Evan Ingram, and then you have uh, Saquon Barkley. But Eli Manning actually didn't look that bad. Uh, their defense was just completely lost. Uh, they because I mean they got blown out. And then uh, we talked about the Steelers and the Patriots. The Patriots just dominated the Steelers, and the Steelers just looked completely lost. But again, it's just the first game, so I don't want to read too much into that. But you know their their offense didn't look good, and neither did. I mean, the Juju Smith-Schuster didn't look as good. They they needed some help. I thought Vance uh, Vance McDonald should have got more targets. That didn't end up happening. Uh, so, want to get into college football as well. Uh, so I'll go over week two. We had week two had a lot of good, or had had one good matchup. I guess it was uh, Texas and LSU. Um, LSU looks a lot better than in years past because with LSU, you could always tell 
they might not make it far because they don't have a quarterback who can air it out. But Joe Burrow is a real deal. They, he's just he was making all the throws. They were airing it out really well. Their defense played played well too. They ended up winning forty five thirty eight. And I think if LSU wins out, that'll help Texas's case. If Texas wins the Big Twelve, uh, they gotta compete against Oklahoma though. So we'll see how that goes. But Sam Ellinger, I like him. I think he's really good. But I think uh, it. Just to see if he if he puts them over the top, then that'll really help his draft stock as well. Um, Oregon lost to Auburn in Week One because Mario Cristobal doesn't know the rules apparently, and Justin Herbert. I'm not I'm not totally sold on Justin Herbert yet. Um, Auburn looked great, their defense looked good, but if Justin Herbert was a dude, if he was the guy for that, he he they had a chance at the end, right? He had that he had a potential game winning drive. And then at the end, he didn't even give them a chance. He just completely overthrew the ball out of the end zone. So his receivers couldn't even get out of it. Or they couldn't even get to it at all. Um, so obviously the top four teams are still kind of just staying pat. Um, still look to be dominant. So like these early games, there's not really, not really a whole lot of games that are competitive early in the season. Uh, you have the ones that I mentioned. But other than that, you kind of got to wait until until week four or so uh, until those get pretty good uh but the back 12 looks to be down already you got oregon losing and then you got stanford losing to usc so now usc is ranked um so we'll see but i'm i'm kind of putting all my eggs into uh into utah's basket they're ranked 11th now uh, so if they just keep winning hopefully they represent the the pac-12 or somebody represents the pac-12 uh because you have let's see i think was I think Washington lost too, so they already have a loss there. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But but yeah, that's um, that's my fifth episode. Um, so next week we could go more into uh, this next NFL season or NFL week, and then I want to get into some NBA as well. Um, I think training camp starts at the end of the month or early next month. Um, so that should be pretty exciting. And then this season will be huge. And actually, before before I go, I want to talk about the FIBA World Championship. I usually I don't wa- I I don't watch it. I didn't watch it at all this year because all the all the big players were kind of pulling out. But I mean, this has to be this is one of the most embarrassing displays of of USA basketball. They lost to Serbia, which is great. The Serbian team is good. Um, but so I think they ended up getting sixth or seventh place. That was like their best finish that they could get because they didn't make it to those final rounds. And it ha- part of it has to do with that. All the, all of a sudden, all these players want to they want to skip it because they're saying, "Oh, I want to focus on on making the playoffs, or I want to focus on the season." Like Devin Booker said that. Like Devin Booker. You, do you realize you play in Phoenix? You play for the Phoenix Suns? You're not going anywhere ever unless you demand a trade. So all these athletes, they're just asking, they're just saying, hey, I, I want to sit out and I want to focus on, on the year. It's like, have you, can you not focus on multiple things at once? Which is fine, but, you know, good for the guys who, who stuck it out and were for really tried it. Because all, all these other international teams, they they play together throughout the year and they already know each other already familiar with each other. But we try to put, uh, put together this USA team randomly 
and try to see if it would win, you know. And it was they were coached by Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr, so I thought that that could be enough to win. But all these other teams, all these other teams had established NBA players who are all stars and you know good defensive players, so they're already there and they already know how to play together. So you know chemistry was huge in this. But you know I I'm really hoping we get more more players back. Uh, in in the Olympics, so we can we can get back and we can win, because uh, it was just embarrassing. We had everyone pulled out. Like Marcus Smart shouldn't be shouldn't be on that team. He should be one of the first people cut. I like Marcus Smart, but on that stage, like you got to have all your best guys there, and we just didn't have that because everyone was pulling out. Uh, so that, that's that's the last thing I want to talk about uh, was FIBA World Basketball and just how bad it looked. Um, anyway, so I'll. Hopefully I'll come back, have another episode within the next couple weeks or so. Uh, But just keep listening, and thanks for joining.